Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Double One Radio Gamescast. This week, we've hit that time of the year. Episode number 38, the official first holiday special of the Double One Radio Gamescast. Oh, no. <laughs> Fine. As always, oh, no. I'm your host, Ryan. <laughs> I'm your host, Ryan, and I'm joined by my lovely cohort of interrupting co-hosts, uh, Alex. <laughs> Hello. Brett. Hello. And Wyatt. Hi. All right. <laughs> I see we're in that kind of mood today. So, you know, there's been a lot of news this last week. A lot of news <laughs> related to one very specific video game. That has not caught a break for a single second. And no one playing it's catching a break either because, man, the nope. information keeps coming. So... We got some some talk to have about about cyberpunk, but in addition, we've also we've got some good vibes because it's the Christmas holiday special. So we're just gonna be after that just talking about games we like, and actually that don't have tons of controversy around them. So <laughs> or released on time when they were ready. All right, Brett. <laughs> now, now you. Now, Sorry, now it's the, the holiday truth. episode. Save the negativity for when I say the negative headlines. We've got quite a few of them. Positive vibes? I'm shocked. Alright, so we're just going to start with the cyberpunk news, because I think it's what's on the top of everyone's head. And there's also, while there's a lot of it, we can probably get through it relatively quickly, because we already gave our opinions on the launch and everything. We don't need to do that all again. Uh, but the gist of it is that a couple days after our last episode, we learned cyberpunk decided they were going to start issuing refunds on console to anyone who asked for one. The chief is wow. issue of this being that they did not consult the console makers before, before doing this, and the re refunds had to be done through the console makers, so Microsoft and Sony. So, of course, Microsoft and Sony were none too happy about this. On Sony's end, the game is now removed and delisted from the storefront until further notice. And full refunds are being offered to everyone, uh, on Microsoft's end, they've just expanded their refund policy to cover Cyberpunk, essentially, and that you can get the game refunded, regardless if you've played it or not, in the uh, the past bit of time. So, yeah, Cyberpunk uh, broke sales records and is now probably breaking refund records. So, <laughs> it's, it's, like, entire... it's, it's a situation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, where do we even start? <laughs> There's so much to to say like so much to get through well we're not at the we're not even Mike done boy. with the cyberpunk oh, news yet because oh, i know we have more we have investor calls that we can listen to where essentially the uh investors and developers are grilling the executives about like why these decisions were made and they just don't have answers like nobody understands what happened for the most part and the devs oh, are all boy. on the same side of like these deadlines were never realistic and we talked about it last time that the game People think the game was in development for like seven or eight years, when in reality it was in development for closer to three to four, uh, due to when in development on the actual game system started, and not just the scenario writing and uh, like concept planning. In the CG trailer, which is handled by different studios, like that's not done by the same people developing the game. So, reality is the game had less account, dev time yeah, than we thought. Yeah, into account pre-production. Yeah, and pre-production is long. Yeah. 
And that's also why most large studios that have yearly or bi-yearly releases have multiple sub-teams handling those releases because it's far easier to have a team doing pre-planning and a team doing actual work on the, like, the previous entry while that's happening to be able to facilitate that release schedule. Um, yeah, it's like, that's what Assassin's Creed does. It's what uh, Call of Duty does. It's how you get those games out that often. It's, it's not that you have one dev team make the same game every year. It's you have a team of, of different devs or, or sub-teams within one dev team that are working on different things. Yeah, that's that's the big confusion that a lot of people have had about like why the game released in the state. Is The reality is it was just the, the release window for the amount of features that were promised was not realistic at any point. Uh, and the delays were just kind of little Band-Aid fixes that really didn't work. Uh, Band-Aid stuff that tends to not work in game development, as people have seen with like Anthem and many other launches, it's not a solution to issues. Which which explains why you have like the current sort of traffic system or the lack of one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it really explains those kinds of like, you know, why is there nothing here? Like, it's why like, why is the open world not a GTA level thing? It's because the dev time was clearly not intended to be there um, mm -hmm. with the amount of time they had. So, yeah. That said, there is probably a lot of faith that CDPR will pull the game together at some point. Just when that point is, is really up in the air right now. And also, uh, we don't know currently, they stated before the game launched that their plans for DLC were a bunch of free DLC and then uh, like two, a set of two expansions like The Witcher 3 had, which worked really well for The Witcher. But seeing as all of this has happened, I'm very curious to see where we are three months down the line of cyberpunk, like if that's still a realistic thing to hope for or not. Um, I just need a little more money. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, the thing, the thing with CD project is that at least if they were a smaller dev team and this was their only game, this could have ruined them. Like, despite the fact that the game broke sales records, this could have been completely ruinous for any other dev team, but because CDPR also owns, like, GOG and everything, they have income from other sources. Well, they also have so much goodwill leading up to this that I think is... is yeah, which they've uh, spent is, now. Cushioning the fall. <laughs> that has now been spent, but... Yes. But it does... What, up again, but what I'm saying is it, it, cushioned, it cushioned the fall to a certain extent, and they don't have that anymore, obviously. But... Yeah. I think they are riding on a lot of that at the moment. <laughs> They're spending a lot more than is coming in. in terms of it, It's kind of redirected a lot of the outrage that probably would have been at the dev team to the um, investors and executives. And executives yeah. yeah. So good for the devs. Still, people are still sending them like death threats and stuff, which is obviously don't do that. But yeah, it's a, it's a mess of a situation. I'm sure we will have more information next week. How many times um, have we had to say that on this show? Just like every episode of people, every, <laughs> it's so sad. It's an important to, like... point. <laughs> it's no, no, we way. should look. Yeah, if it's happening, we should bring it up. But I'm just sad that we have to bring it up. Yeah, it's yeah. Much, you know, it's I hate it. <laughs> we might have a conversation about that at some point about like game I've been, I've been gamers and toxic culture, but definitely that is certainly an, its own episode thing. Um, That's so yeah, be a special. It's also very negative. Yeah, it's not, they're very non We're non holiday like. It, keeping it holiday positive vibe. Gonna need a lot of positive stuff before we get into that. <laughs> so yeah, we CD Projekt Red is in a tight spot right now, um, and when the game will be back on Sony storefronts is super unclear. 
And like the biggest issue here is is definitely that Cyberpunk was running pretty well, and by pretty well I mean it ran. I don't mean it ran particularly <laughs> well, but it worked on like Xbox uh, One X and PS4 Pro. Mm-hmm. Really didn't work at all on the original series consoles, so it's in a state. And because they didn't release next gen versions, it's not an option for them to be like just remove the old version. Because the version people are playing on PS5s is the PS4 version, so now people can't play the game on either if they wanted to get it digitally. Uh, People that did already buy the game can still play it and get updates, it's just not publicly available in the storefront until further notice. And we may have have, uh, talked about this a little bit last time we talked about Cyberpunk, but in the back of my mind I'm like, okay, the the simple solution here is just, just release the PC version and maybe the next gen version, or maybe just like have it be available on next gen because, from what I understand, it runs a lot better on on next gen. And then just delay, you know, the PS4 and Xbox One version. And I yeah. just feel like that would have been like people would have understood. Whereas they just that's probably an executive been... call that should have been made. No, I know. So I guess I'm speaking whoever to, to right to whoever made that decision. It's like your CDPR. If you had said, "Look, we're going to release the PC version, but the base console versions need more time." I feel like most people would understand. And they've also, I, th- I think the big reason which we did talk about last time is the holidays. Like they can't miss out on this holiday. They can't. Right, right. They're which not is why to. like you have to release something. I kind of understand that. So release the PC version. And, and also that said, the reason this, that would be disastrous for console sales, but uh, at the, that makeup of the 8 million copies that Cyberpunk initially sold is leaning pretty heavily on the PC uh, because they have a really, really large PC following just because they have their own storefront there, a lot of other reasons from how they've acted in the past with PC games. Um, yeah, the it's ma- just crazy they're, amount they're... of tech support that Witcher 3 had. Yeah, there, there's a there's a big modding community too with CDPR. It's not as oh, big yeah. as you know Bethesda with that, but it's still a pretty you know, present community. Yeah. Oh yeah, they've always been a mostly PC centric. Like their games have always been out on console. Well, not always, but their games have been out on console. But it's just when you think of CDPR, you think of PC. You don't typically think of it they. The reality is they probably could have afforded to not release the console versions. Oh yeah. Over this sure. this winter, uh, they would have missed out on sales. But it, that is what it is, and it would probably probably be a lot less disastrous than it getting constantly refunded and removed from storefronts. Uh, which you can yeah. tell from CDPR's like stock price just plummeting. It's what they're is it, in, in a rough state now. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It is a very large amount, um, especially for like a two week loss in stocks. And considering that the game was so hyped up beforehand and had risen their stocks so high, mm. uh, it was it's a little bit of whiplash for them, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, that that's that's most of the cyberpunk news. Well, hold on. There was something that just came out recently that I did want to talk about. Um, there is this horrible uh, bug going around at the moment where if you pick up too oh, many right. items, it will corrupt your save. Yeah. That happened to me. Oh, did it really? Yep. Yeah. Well, it oh, didn't. Well, oh. it didn't corrupt all the saves, and luckily, I save scum, and I will do that to the day I die. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> specifically for for reasons such as this apparently that are now a thing yeah so the the details of that is if the if your save file reaches eight megabytes or higher which can happen if you pick up a lot of stuff and there's a lot of data being saved pretty commonly like skyrim save files can be pretty large after a certain point so it's not surprising that um cyberpunk can get that large so something is clearly wrong (laughs) 
with how they're handling saving. I I don't know what that could be, but add it to the list. I'm wondering if it's maybe like the game is saving in a set time frame, and if it gets too large, it just can't write that much data in that time frame. But I'm getting this general sense of like there's a lot of just like resource prioritization issues going on behind the scenes because we had yeah. talked about that. Uh, you know, we had, we had we had talked about that that fix. Uh, ben had mentioned that fix in that one uh, Reddit post, and I had done it right after the the uh, podcast episode had aired, and it, you know, it wasn't you know. It didn't fix the entire game, but the frame rate... Well, actually, we have news on that fix now. So that fix actually did nothing. What was happening is that the game had, like, a memory leak or something that was causing the performance to be worse the longer it was open. So what was happening is people would close the game and then reopen it, and the game would be fixed because they restarted the game, not because of that file. So CDPR did confirm that that file actually did nothing in the latest release. It was just a leftover thing from that testing. That is interesting. That is interesting because like I did notice there were areas that did run better. Like even because like I was um I wanted to compare. Like I I had played a section um before you know turning before uh changing it and then Yeah. And what it could be is like they could be sneakily hiding that, that file did work at that point and they turned it off now and just removed it. So that could be a thing, but I doubt it from the way that it was stated in the patch notes they just released is it makes it heavily sound like that fix never really worked. And it was just um, something with having to do with like your, your VRAM cache on your card getting caught up or something and needing to relaunch the game. Interesting. Yeah. We, we don't know for certain because obviously it's hard to, we don't have hard data on that fix because there wasn't that many people who tried it. Um, maybe we will at some point, but it seems a little unlikely that it actually did anything right now um all right huh. so yeah that's Shows i how much think I the extent of cyberpunk news well it's also that that those patch notes came out right before this episode so mm. um you would have had to have read them read them like i did literally <laughs> 10 minutes ago yes. uh <laughs> so yes yeah, so that's about it for the cyberpunk news at least for this episode we're definitely going to be talking about it more uh, we have a games club planned about it that we'll do once enough of us have finished it um, yeah, well, there'll be more cyberpunk talk and likely more talk that is a little more positive down the line because I do think that at least those of us who have been able to play the game and not had a lot of issues, it's very fun. <laughs> but yes, that is something. It's a separate thing. All the issues are are definitely super valid and need to be fixed. But we want to save the games club episode for just talking about the game. I think. Yeah, because we've already part, anyway. we've done the issues to death at this point, so. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Um, we got a few other small bits of news, and by small, I mean it's not that small. Epic is doing another free games fest. So if you're listening to this podcast, you have about a week left of free games every day on the Epic Store. So go check that out if you haven't. Just free stuff. Why would you not participate in that? It's um, kind of hard to argue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And people saying that they don't want to use Epic. Like this is taking Epic's money. Your Epic is giving you free things that cost it money to do. So just take advantage of it. Uh, if you don't like the store, that's probably the best thing you can do. Uh, yeah. So more negative news. Assassin's Creed Valhalla snuck in some XP boosts. Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Mm. what's bad? Assassin's that? Creed Valhalla snuck in XP boost to the in-game microtransaction store. Uh, 
because it went over so well last time. Oh so my God. they weren't there during the review period, and now they are there. So come on. And I mean, the thing that, that with this to me that's a little weird is that Valhalla feels a lot less egregious in the leveling systems than um, Odyssey did. Odyssey. Yes, I'm, ha I'm not having necessary. to do tons of side content to level up, and it's really not that bad. So I'm curious as to why <laughs> they exist in the first place here. So I don't know. They can get money out of anyone who will bite. The cynic in me says this was a plan they had that they wanted to add this from the start, but they decided to wait for reviews. But the optimist in me is is saying that this is probably added due to feedback that people had of the game um, just being super long, and maybe they wanted to add a way that people who want to rush through it can. Yeah, with real money. Exactly, which is weird to me because it's like you're pay now paying to remove content from a game that you paid for. It's like... <laughs> I, it's Ryan, telling I them you don't want to play the game you bought. <laughs> Ryan, I oh, agree yeah, well, with the little cynic inside of you. It's also one of those one of those things where it's like, okay, if you have a fan base that is complaining that your game is taking too long, <laughs> why not just patch it in the game? I know it's just it's like a permanent feature and not no. something you have to pay for. No, Wyatt, pay more. Give it, it's also weird because like <laughs> this game has options on like Odyssey where you can enable instant kills of it. Of oh. you can assassinate anyone. Oh, shit. Um, there are options so that you don't have to deal with the leveling shenanigans nearly as much. So, like, it, it still just feels weird of... I've wanted instant kills for so it long. It just doesn't fit. It just doesn't fit. Um, it's just such a weird thing for them to add after the fact. Uh, but yeah. I know, because, again, it just wasn't necessary, so it's like, well, why? why? It's not necessary. The game already caters to really good difficulty options and had a lot of different variants on how you could change that difficulty. So, I don't know. It's just it's a, not a like weird they choice. Didn't know what kind of reaction it would get, you know? Like yeah, like this feels they've been they've been through this song and dance many many times. This feels like a Nintendo move related to something online, like <laughs> a Nintendo move. You say, well, this is just a very strange decision. But yeah, I we I think we all obviously don't approve of this. Uh, nope. But there's really not not a bit much to say else about it because like we don't have any other news about it people are mad about it but yeah it's just bad it's just an xp boost like all right sure <laughs> moving on uh we have some more game of the years from different outlets so we do get some varied opinions from people and hades proud to say has won at least polygons game of the year so clearly at least one games journalist has good taste. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> took them long enough. My goodness. Uh, yeah, so there, a lot of the Game of the Year stuff has, has finally happened and more will be happening throughout January. Uh, we had a saga about Devotion. The, I believe it's a Chinese horror game that is an indie game that's gotten like a lot of reckon... Taiwanese, yes, that's right. A uh, horror game that's gotten a lot of recognition for being very cool. And has also had trouble getting on any storefront whatsoever because of some beef between the developers and China, apparently. Yeah. It's hard there's, there's like, to know exactly like why. Because the reasons given for the game not being on storefronts are often different from the reasons that people think they're not on storefronts. There's a lot of things we can go into of why a game from Taiwan is not allowed in China, but this is not a history podcast. Yeah, it's like this is a super complicated issue that would take a lot of research to really know. So I recommend looking into this yourself if you're interested. 
but basically devotion was almost confirmed to be on GOG. Now, the important thing there is the almost and that the devotion devs were submitted to cert and everything for GOG but had not actually been accepted yet. So it's not like GOG accepted and then removed them. It's this is a tweet from the devs that they were on GOG before they actually got accepted, but they were pretty certain they were going to be. Um so I would not super heavily blame CDPR for this cuz I think their hands are kind of tied in what they can do about this because I'm I'm betting this is another executive call of we can't have a game that has a risk of our our Chinese investors uh getting angry. So yeah, Devotion was going to come to GOG and then CDPR released a statement saying due to like backlash from certain people it's not going to be on GOG anymore. Didn't they say specifically gamer backlash? Yeah, it was specifically gamers which which is weird because I don't think there was no, they there needed another reason. There was none. So they, they, they yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm betting it was investor backlash and not gamer backlash. We are your got gamer backlash man. afterwards, but, yeah, but they're... not beforehand. <laughs> so CDPR, they again, not catching a break. Decision. They're having a rough week. And, you know, sometimes you need a rough it, week to it, slap you awake. It all just, it all is just so reminiscent of when Fallout 76 came out and just like, the game came out and it wasn't just a buggy mess. There was also just like, just, you know, fumble after fumble post release. And it's, it's just feeling very similar at the moment. But I don't know. You, you know why this is still, it, it, it's getting definitely in the ballpark of 76, but you know why it's still, it's 1, not nearly 000, as bad. Why it's still 1000% better. No microtransactions. Yeah, no, and it's and it's a good game underneath too. I mean, I'm not saying that that they're the exact same situation. Of course, it's just it's it's reminiscent of that it's, in a lot yeah, of ways, which is, which is interesting. Yeah. All right. So, again, more negative news. We have a lot of negative news this week. Uh, EA Play was meant to come to PC Game Pass on December fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Clearly, that didn't happen. Uh, so, what the the update they've given is that it's planned now to come in early spring. Uh, this is one of those situations that I'm just like, this is really weird and feels very yeah. scummy on the side of EA because the heavily, the heavy implication from the statement Microsoft released is that they had no control over this. So the the leading theory right now is that EA likely is decided to postpone this until after the holidays so that they could keep holiday sales up on PC for their like spring their winter sale. Um, which is a pretty like sound reason uh, for investors and like the people at EA that want to make money, obviously. But it's super scummy for all the people that had been given that date and uh, were looking into Game Pass because of that. Uh, not to say that Game Pass isn't worth it on its own, but this is definitely a, a scummy move. So we'll see how soon that gets rounded out because I believe Game Pass or already on console already includes uh, EA Play if you have Game Pass Ultimate. It does, yeah. So it's just super confusing. Um, the The reason people have thought that might be different is because the EA Play on PC and the EA Play on console have different titles between them. Uh, console has a more limited selection than PC does. So... Curious the, to see uh, if that's something they're doing. Trying to figure out the differences between uh, subscriptions of uh, Game Pass can be a little confusing if you're not 
like if the terminology the terminology can be a little confusing at times at least it is for me it's yeah like, i have to like a hundred percent like wait okay that's this version but but only on this plat it, it gets a little confusing yeah it does um but yeah that's a, that's our yay news yay doing scummy stuff really not too surprising <laughs> at least for like investor related things uh slightly more interesting news and not interesting but positive news riot has confirmed that they're developing an mmo in the league universe so people that like league of legends you've got an mmo at some point uh probably a ways away is my bet because mmos take a long time to make but yeah that's, that's happening actually pretty fun to hear i i might look more into that yeah because i i used to play a lot of league but kind of faded away from the game after you know just it started to take up so much time to keep up with that i was like i can't do this anymore i, I like the art style i am not a big fan of their gameplay yeah i i like it mobas but they are the amount of time it takes to play a single round of them is really started to make it hard for me to play them anymore because I really just don't like having to be locked into place for 45 minutes. So it, I'm happy to see that the characters I liked in League will be in a different medium now because I actually think League has a really interesting setting. Um, and yeah. usually MMOs are a great place to expand upon settings and stuff like that because you have so much time yeah. to world build. I'm super curious as to if that's going to be like what the class system and that will look like. So I'm excited to see what they're doing, uh, but probably a ways off. Yeah, that, that's that's most of our big news, aside from, of course, Sephiroth landing in Smash Brothers. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, impaling like Mario once ago, again. No. First, the Grim Reaper killed Luigi. And now Sephiroth almost impaled Mario. What? So we knew about Sephiroth last week after the Game Awards, but we didn't know what he would play like and how much homage they would be paying to him in Smash. And gotta say, Sakurai is clearly the biggest Final Fantasy VII fanboy because Sephiroth has probably the most effort put into him of any of the DLC characters by a lot. He's just another anime sword boy. How could you possibly but say Brett, that? But Brett, he's the anime sword boy. He was the first video game anime sword boy. He was an anime sword boy before it was cool. He is he's the template for anime sword boys. Yeah, it's... <laughs> he he and Cloud made it cool pretty much. Yep. Um which is it's funny it's to say that metal? because people don't believe you and then you're like, yeah, Final Fantasy 7 is like a 20-year-old game. It is the he's the edgy anime sword boy. He's the one that started what are you talking it. about it came out last year. <laughs> All right, all right. Thanks, Wyatt. Um, I'm this close. You're welcome. I'm this close. But yeah, so the interesting things here that are the news bits is that they finally got all the music from Final Fantasy that we were looking for, uh, and they they spoke to it in the presentation as to why it was so difficult. Is that the licensing in music that has appeared in multiple games and not just like Final Fantasy VII is a nightmare because like that music's also in Dissidia. It's in other games with crossovers. So they then have to get permission from every copyright holder to use that music. So it's not just like they can get it from Square Enix, they have to get it with any other studio that was involved at any point with something using Final Fantasy VII music, if which is a any, lot of people. If there's any video game that really puts producers to work, mm. it's Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, Smash yeah. Brothers is... I don't know how they've managed to do it, uh, but yeah. 
And then the the really cool thing, Sephiroth got his own limited time game mode. By the time you're listening to this, you probably have like 10 minutes left to go play it. <laughs> oh. I think this this comes out on the day that it is going away. So, yeah, Sephiroth got his own game mode that is a like really cool boss fight against him. You have it goes into this unique menu with Final Fantasy style menu stuff. Uh, and then you fight him on the new stage. And if you beat him, you unlock him early, which is just a super fun thing. It's like if you beat the boss, you can get play the character in the stage. So it's really cool. I kind of wish that was more like standard for uh, for unlocking new Smash characters. I don't know. It's a cool. Wait, what, what do you mean? Isn't that how it was done? You have to defeat a character before. Well, you yeah, but, the, but in just, World of Light, in that's how these, it like, unique... Um ways of doing it i suppose yeah i think the oh, reason oh, the, for this the dlc guys yeah in the yeah, dlc uh, guys they they spoke to it again in that that presentation of it's just super hard to do and sephiroth probably got this treatment because the team really really liked him is my bet like i don't think there's another character they would have done this for because it really sounded like it was a lot of work for a game mode that's going to be here for five days and then go away forever well, if there's anyone in the games industry that doesn't work overly difficult or hard, it's it's obviously <laughs> Sakurai. <the> people <laughs> Definitely <laughs> Sakurai. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Whew, Sakurai, go take a nap, please. Please, God. All right, yeah, that's our that's our news. That's all the big stuff. Unless anyone has little things they want to talk about, but yeah, that's that's the big news. Uh, aside from, again, CDPR now has hostile staff, but that was kind of implied with the rest of what we talked about, yeah. that their devs are a little angry. Um, but yeah, that's that's the state of CDPR right now. So on that note, we're going to move into more positive territory with the Double on Radio All Reliable Award. So what this is, yes, this is for all of you. This is for everyone both listening and participating in the podcast right now. This is a word. Just come up with a game that's your old reliable. What, what game do you go to when you just want to relax? Just want to have some fun. You know, just enjoy yourself. Interesting. Ooh. I'll go ahead and start so you guys have some time to think. I think for me, it's it's less of a, a specific game and more just um, Monster Hunter in general. It's always a game I, I find myself going back to, and I don't play it for very long amounts of time. And then I'll once every like two or three years, I'll go back and play Monster Hunter, and it's just a great time. I think Pokemon's that for a lot of people, uh, just that mm -hmm. kind of franchise, you know. I can uh, I can hop in here. Um, for me, I, I mean it's it's a relatively new game for it to be like you know old faithful, but throughout. Uh, the entire uh, year that it's been out, I just uh, Modern Warfare is like a multiplayer game that I'm always playing in addition to you know, whatever else I'm playing like whether it's a new game, it's like, yeah, I'll hop on and play like an hour or two of like, you know, multiplayer and stuff just because I think it's such a it's such a well-rounded game now with so much content uh, so much high quality content as well um, and yeah that's just kind of like my go-to multiplayer, relax, I'm done with story for now, let's shoot some people kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I have to say I am uh, the exact opposite of Wyatt on that. Um, <laughs> because 
I, I'd say that my old reliable is, going back onto the topic of Nintendo now, uh, the <laughs> Professor Layton puzzle games. Oh, which, that's a good one. I mean, they're, they're puzzle games. They have you know, a set amount of logic puzzles, and they have just a really good story and music to them. But you'd think that would get old after a while. Not if you're me and you have a really bad memory. <laughs> ah, That's fair. No, those puzzles are new every time. All right, Brett, you're in the hot yeah, seat. I like lovely music and atmosphere. I'm I'm torn. I'm torn between two. I one of the, one of them is is very like I'm, I'm kind of surprised no one else said this, but like Minecraft is just like the perfect game of just like man, I don't I don't have to do anything. I, I, have, no, I have no worries right now. I'm just gonna just gonna make something. Just gonna build another house. And you know what? I might never play this world again, but it's just always like. It's just such it's just such a chill time, and there's so much stuff that you can do. You know, you can sink yeah. one minute into it and get bored, or just put a few hours in. It doesn't matter. Um, and then uh, the the other one, uh, I kind of lean more into the. I, I don't really care about the the story anymore. I just I just want to shoot people. Um, and uh, Ace Ace Combat games have a lot of replayability, and they're very fun. So I just kind of turn my brain off and and fly the plane as fast as I can into you know, other planes and make them stop. <laughs> make them stop. That's a good way of putting make it. Them, make them stop. Make them stop. Make th <laughs> Slow them down. <laughs> you, you just stop their engines and they slowly get out of the screen. Nothing bad happens to them after and, that. They're just yeah. going on a little break. You know, and, and they're flying around a lot. Goes up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, good answers all around. Yeah, for sure. All right, and that, that takes us to the rest of the podcast, which is just happy vibes. It's holiday yeah. time. We're, we're taking a oh. break from the, all the crazy, intense discussion about whether or not game mechanics are ethical or good. Oh. And we're just going to talk about things we like. So, <laughs> who wants to start? Are we we're just talking about games in general, or are we just keeping it real, just vague and, and non-specific, or... Why? I thought we were talking about stuff that we've been playing. Just stuff we like. Yeah. Well, the the implication is it's things you like that you've been playing recently. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I can. Uh. Yeah. I'll I'll start us off. I've been so I've been playing No Man's Sky recently. I think I've brought it up a couple of times just because I've been playing it more recently. Um, just because the the amount of consistent updates has been so impressive that like the, and they're all really cool. There wasn't one update where like, okay, I need to get back in. But I just I watched the most recent one, which was the uh, next gen upgrade, right? And I just thought to myself, I was like, wow, like they're still updating this game so consistently, and that's what made me come back to it. It's just there just seems to be no signs of slowing down uh, in terms of updates, and it's it's really great now. Like I I enjoyed myself a bit uh, when I started playing uh, around when um, Beyond came out. Or was it next? It was one of the two. I, I don't remember uh, off the top of my head. And then uh, I just picked it up again recently, and they've added so much to it. Um, and, you know, there's more interesting creatures. There's more interesting uh, fauna, or flora, rather, and just more interesting planets, uh, more more things to do. Uh, an interesting storyline that I didn't really partake in uh, the first time, and I'm doing it more now, and it's, yeah. I've been having a blast with it, so... Yeah, that's good. I I know I also rejoined the No Man's Sky train uh, when Next was announced, not when it came out. 
and had a lot of fun with it for like the month that I kept playing it. And I'm definitely planning to go back at some point, but a lot of things to do right now. So got yeah, put in the back which burner, is, but which is stark contrast to uh, when it first released. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. What do you do? You mine. I, I think it's probably for and and just because we we had the Game Awards recently, I feel like it's won like best ongoing game several times, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. I think two years running, and maybe more. Actually, Warframe might have won it last year. Warframe I mean, won nice. one year. Um, I don't remember if it was but last it's year. But it's deserved, two years ago. you know. Like it doesn't. It oh, doesn't absolutely. Feel like, it's always deserved every time it wins an award similar to that. Because well, like, like oh, I feel that's... like the big three games people always mention for best online, like recurring or most updated, are always like Warframe, Path of Exile, and No Man's Sky, because those are the three that are doing it right. And Minecraft is getting a lot of updates as well, and it uh, shares some some similarities to that. But uh, yeah, yeah, but I think oh, Minecraft I, has a lot of people that are maybe aren't always as happy with it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's true. Uh, whereas the others are pretty scary. universally liked. But bees, Ryan. Bees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but mods had those like four years ago. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the content that gets added to Minecraft has existed for a very long time. And like when it gets added officially, it's just kind of like like half baked compared to how like crazy the mods go with it. And I also oh, take so a it's really like, long time. So it's like whenever there's a new iOS ver- uh, version of iOS, it's the same thing <laughs> where it's like, yeah, we've been able to jailbreak a feature like this for a really long time, except it's not nearly as. Well, I'd almost put it as like the iOS versus Android stuff of like regular Minecraft with no mods is very streamlined and very accessible for the most part. But once you start adding mods, you get like that Android feature list of if you're willing to put the time in, there's a lot more you can do with a lot of it, but you have to put the time in. Mm-hmm. But I, I will uh, I will say, going back to No Man's Sky, if if you're one of those people that's still on the fence of like, okay, is it good enough yet? It is definitely a good time to jump in. And I think there's going to be very few people, unless, obviously, if you're not into that like survival crafting you know, kind of thing, because it is very much that uh, still. It's way less obnoxious than it used to be, but it's it's still very much that. If you're if you're okay with that sort of thing, I think it's one hundred one hundred percent like, you know, good to go in terms of like a recommendation for me at least. Yeah, so, and I mean, if you're not into that survival crafting thing, No Man's Sky probably isn't your game anyway. Oh, yeah. of course, but but I even say that as someone, I'm someone who isn't into that. Like, I never really got into things like Rust. Or I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm not even into Minecraft all that much, but I feel like the sci-fi setting with this one, and also just I gotta praise the music for a second, and like, uh, <laughs> and just like the the I think the setting, the cool aesthetic, and some of its features is really interesting to me. Even though I'm not usually a fan of like survival crafting. Yeah, I get that. So, but I think I, I'm, I think I'm almost the opposite. Whereas I like I like the survival crafting stuff. To a degree, um, but I don't like the sci-fi setting. Isn't a huge attractor for me. It's more the the exploration aspects of it, which I think could be done in any genre. But No Man's Sky, at least now, does like the procedural generation really well. And it's got some cool because uh, you know you you can you can build different kind of settlements and buildings and stuff now. And it's got some cool now. If, like I said, I don't really play Minecraft too much, but it's just got some cool stuff that I've never seen before. Like a lot of the things that you build and you, things you have to research require energy. 
And so you can either uh, use a lot of your different resources that you've crafted in order to like power those machines, or you can set up things like, oh, I'm going to set up a satellite on the roof of this building or something that will like draw power from the sun that will then enter. It's just, it's cool. A lot of cool, like crafting uh, building. I mean, yeah, that stuff lifted straight from like city builders. That's uh, a just power management from those, which at least they've implemented it in a nice way. Yeah, but power management in like a crafting sort of thing in a sci-fi setting is just really interesting to me. Not not to say that it like hasn't been done before, but it's the first time that I've done it and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." And it's pretty well done here as well. Yeah. And most of the other games that do it are pretty indie and a lot less polished than No Man's Sky is at this point, I think. I remember when polished in No Man's Sky did yeah. not go together. Yeah, those used to not belong in the same sentence. Um but they're doing pretty well now. Which no, which again just speaks to like I I really it's like I've gained so much respect for the students. Like, wow, these guys are actually really talented. They're really good at what they do, clearly. <laughs> Cause they they took something that was just a hot mess with maybe a, a few bright spots of like potential. It wasn't even like a hot mess, it was like thing. a lukewarm puddle. Yeah. <laughs> puddle is the best way to describe the really launch to be honest with you but uh no and they've turned it into something remarkable in uh especially considering where it started from so yeah yeah i think that's a good point um i'm just glad to see in general games getting post launch support and i'm really hoping that happens for cyberpunk as a lot of people probably are of like i'm sure it will yeah, I have a lot of faith that the devs, at least, are very invested in the game and want to make sure it's the best thing possible. And they have a history of good, like, post-launch support, technically speaking, as well. Obviously, I mean, with one know. game. Like, that's the reality with CDPR, is a lot of the time people say they have a history of something. It's just The Witcher 3. It's, yeah, it's literally, they made a um, really cool Right, game. but, but you know, it's still something to consider. It's not something to just... Yeah, but it, it doesn't mean, like... You should have blind faith in them, I think is the, the difference. No, 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 no. But that is not like the, like a, a, like a grounded, like set expectation, but based on that, you know, it, it's, I, I'm hopeful is what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, th- I think everyone is, but it just keep those hopes in check is, is more what yeah. I'm <laughs> meaning. Um, and that's fair. Because I think that's the the big reason why so many people are disappointed, and especially people playing the PC version of Cyberpunk that are disappointed in it, is just because they had expectations that were never going to be met. Um, yes. And, and we yeah. talked about that a little bit uh, last week. We did. Yeah, but uh, I, th- I think for me, so for, for games that like I've been playing recently that are really just having good times, I went back to Animal Crossing for a brief bit. And gotta say, that game's still very fun. It, it's got a lot of new stuff that isn't really that new, and that it doesn't really do anything different than the base game, but it just looks cool. It's <laughs> Which, Christmas time. You know, I don't have a problem with that, so <laughs> I'm okay with just getting some nice Christmas decorations or holiday decorations because it, it's a little bit non. They att- attempt to not be too conforming to one specific culture or anything, but. Yeah. I haven't seen a single menorah. Well, I mean, they try to stay away from that imagery usually. Oh, oh yeah. Like, they, they, Animal Crossing used to never even have, like, a lot of what you would consider cultural things, for, especially from Japan, which is weird considering it's a Japanese dev team. Uh, New Horizons has been getting a lot closer to that. Like, there's a bunch of Japanese-themed items in the game now, but 
Oh, yeah. It certainly depends on the entry in Animal Crossing that you play, because some of them don't have any of that stuff. Um, but yeah, that's it's been fun, as well as getting ludicrously back into Monster Hunter Generations again, which is a game that a lot of people didn't play a lot because it came out after World in the West, at least the uh, the Switch version. So people didn't give it a lot of chances because it looks way worse than World, but it's a really, really good game um, and holds up super well, despite it looking I have, like a 3DS game. <laughs> I, have, I have a question. Because, yep. like, you know, people, people who are, like, hardcore Monster Hunter fans, like, always seem to just, like, just in, in, insult world because oh it made everything so much so much easier and like i i've never i've only played world before so like how how different is like what 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 would be considered a a normal monster hunter game if world is like it's really not that different i think most of the (laughs) if you find fans of monster hunter that are like really big fans of the series they probably really liked world but world doesn't have the sticking power that the older ones had because uh, the big thing for me is that world has a few specific mechanics that are universal that kind of dictate the best way to play so like in world you have this thing called the clutch claw which is basically a grappling hook uh, in iceborne at least that allows you to like yeah it's a really it's a special move and it's super flashy and fun to use but you can use it to slam walls monsters into walls and when you do that they get stunned and dropped to the ground and instantly enrage which means they're they become a lot more aggressive, but they also take a ton of damage, and that becomes the best strategy to every single fight <laughs> in the expansion because of that. Whereas if you, if you can do that on a monster, that's just the best thing to do. Whereas with Generations Ultimate, there's nothing like that. Like you can kind of play however you want. So it's less that things are like easier, more difficult, but there's a lot more variation in playstyle. Generations also has the benefit of this is where the game gets super complex and also tickles my systems designer brain of it having every weapon has six different styles you can use, which fundamentally change aspects of the weapon. So like you could have one style that gives you an aerial dodge or one style that gives you uh, a bunch of special moves. And you have the trade-off of like if you choose the special moves, you lose out on something that that other style has. Uh, and there are six of them for every weapon. Generally, every weapon only has about like three viable options, and the others will just kind of be for fun. But that still means there's like three different types for every type of the fourteen weapons has all six of those. Uh, so there's tons of variation. There's tons to do, and there's just a lot of goofy stuff. Like I think the big reason a lot of people like Generations Ultimate over World is that Generations Ultimate has some wacky designs and like really fun stuff. Like, I was just showing the people here, I have a, a gun lance that's a giant snowman. <laughs> uh, whereas World is a lot more grounded and realistic. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of a style preference as to which one you like more. But the big thing with World is that they have way less unique designs. Which is a huge like driving factor for Monster Hunter, is getting that unique armor set or unique weapon. Whereas World has a lot of weapons that are just like slapped on bone or iron looking things that just have a little bit of of a unique twist to them whereas like generations ultimate has like 700 different sets that are all completely unique like every single weapon of the 14 weapon types has over 100 uh weapons that you can upgrade to use in the end game so there's tons of stuff for you to do oh wow yeah it's it's really not that mechanically different it's just 
um, the visuals is like the biggest change as well as generations just has a lot more to do past a certain point um, yeah it sounds like it's yeah. only content heavier than um well, yeah, it's it's because Generations is like a celebration of the Monster Hunter franchise. It has all the best like fights from the past games and everything. It was meant to be like this huge anniversary special, so mm. it's it's like a celebration of all the the portable games. Yeah, it's it's really fun, but it's a different expectation. Like World is a lot more flashy and cutscene heavy, and um, a lot more like modern AAA than Generations would be. They're both really good. Monster Hunter in general is just a good time. It's pretty unique, like game in general. Yeah, nothing quite not does a, not of... what Monster Hunter does, and anything that tries to emulate it usually doesn't really hit the mark. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's. Why do you, common. as as someone who's into Monster Hunter, why do you think that normally is? I'm curious because I don't really know much about the series personally. Well, the thing with Monster Hunter is people tend to think from the outset that it's like an action game. The reality is it's almost like a boss rush kind of that's, game. That's like, the impression yeah. that I've gotten. Yeah. And a lot of people will make clones of Monster Hunter with the intent to make it into an action game, which sometimes works. Like, mm-hmm. um, there are a few Vita games that, that did that really well. Um, there's a game called Soul Sacrifice that managed to do that, which kind of turned it into this very action-heavy twist on it. But generally, when they do that, they kind of lose the identity that people like the game for, which is that like intense thirty-minute battle against a monster that you have to kind of like roam around, collect items, really prep for. There's a lot of really cool stuff you can do, and like the gear progression is another thing of just all this really, really crazy detailed gear progression of deciding what you want to build. uh, I've heard Dauntless is pretty similar, and I've heard pretty good things about it. Yeah, I've played a bit of Dauntless. It's Mm -hmm. It's a free-to-play Monster Hunter. So that has all the connotations that you would expect of it being a free-to-play Monster Hunter. Yeah. And that, but like, does that make it bad, necessarily? The biggest driving force in any Monster Hunter game is almost always aesthetics, because you want to get the, that cool-looking armor set and that cool-looking weapon. As soon as you tie those oh, to yeah. like microtransactions, I think you lose that essence of what makes the game progression so rewarding. So I, I think that's Dauntless's big failing point uh, especially considering that there are new monster hunters on the way to switch and whatnot and like generations ultimates on switch now and it's a really really good monster hunter game that there's not a lot of reason if you have the money to buy monster hunter i would almost always say just go to go for the actual monster hunter and not dauntless do it and it's also like the Monster Hunter team has been making these games since the start, and at this point, they have a lot of experience. Uh, they know what they're right. doing. So I could, I could, I could see, um, and and maybe you can correct me on this, but I can see Dauntless being a good like here, like almost like a good kind of dipping your toes in the water of like you're interested in this series in this kind of game, but you're not sure if you'd like it or not. So would you say that like it's a good kind of like. Uh, introduction just is like a brief sort of streamlined like here's what it could be i I would say no for the combat but yes for the progression like if you play dauntless and you like how the crafting mechanics work and everything you're gonna like how monster hunter works but the combat in dauntless is different enough and a lot more focused on like action than monster hunter itself that like i would almost say if you if you like games like 
almost more in the Souls-like genre. You might like Darks, uh, you might like Monster Hunter more than someone who likes Dauntless. Ooh, interesting. And even even okay. then, like if you if you go into to something like World, like I did, like oh, I'm gonna it's it's classic. I'm gonna I'm gonna run circles right around the boss and 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 swing. You know, immediately after I press the button, like no, yeah, you gotta <laughs> you, you gotta pay attention. You, yeah, you need to play. You do not play in any other action game. You play Monster Hunter, and you swing the ten-ton piece of metal that you are holding <laughs> like a ten-ton piece of metal, and not like not like your cloud. Yeah, well, it also depends on like what weapon you're playing. Because if you are into flashy stuff, there's flashy stuff in Monster Hunter. Like the Insect Glaive is super fast and flashy. Uh, so if you do want that kind of thing, you have that option. Um, but most of the weapons are a lot slower and more methodical and really require a little bit more like foresight as to what you're doing. Uh, but I think they offer some really, really cool progression paths. And yeah, the biggest thing is that that progression reward structure is super, super unique to Monster Hunter. And I don't think there's any game like Warframe almost has a similar progression system of you getting gear pieces and then kind of constructing gear out of them but like it's it's a free-to-play game so it, it definitely has that that same falling that dauntless has of that reward structure kind of being undercut by the fact that it's free-to-play yeah a little bit um so yeah i, I think monster hunter is definitely a good go-to and generations ultimate it looks stated but plays really well so even if you just played world and liked it i would still say give generations ultimate a go when you get a chance that's aged very well in the gameplay department. But yeah, I've I've talked a lot. Who else has got something? I uh, well, I I have I it it starts it starts negative, but it gets positive. I wanted to play more Chrono Trigger, but the Steam port is a Square Enix Steam port, so it crashed <laughs> every time I opened oh, it, oh. and I got very sad because I'm like I'm like three fourths of the way through the game, um. So I kind of just like gave up on that, unfortunately, because it's such it is such a good game and such a good story. There's so many good characters and interactions in it. Um, so uh, instead, I was looking through just other like you know, because I I don't like to do like more than one big story, especially like JRPG at a time, because yeah, that's just kind of stretching stretching my brain too. It's hard thin. to keep track of. It's too much it's, going yeah. on. I imagine. Um. So I, I was looking through my the stuff that I could play on the PS2, and uh, has has anyone here heard of or played a Wild Arms game before? Oh, I have I've heard not. of them. I have not had the chance to play them though. As in Wild Arms, Arms. The, the 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 Nintendo property Arms. Be quiet and don't speak. <laughs> <again>. <laughs> See, that's funny because the first thing that I was thinking of when you were talking, and this is pretty tailored to you, I was thinking Einhander. Oh well, Einhander is Einhander is good, but um, I didn't want to get uh furiously angry at how bad at the game I am, so I, I I decided I I yeah I I I started playing uh Wild Arms three, which is it's it's for the PS two, and it's just it's a nice it's a cute little JRPG that's like it's got that anime western setting where like you know you watch like a spaghetti western and it's just like cowboys sand and guys that squint at the camera yeah like, yeah but i don't like sand 
I there's some don't say why don't, like don't say why they don't like how coarse and rough it is Wyatt you are not you you don't represent <laughs> hey everyone. he said it not me <laughs> <laughs> um but like of course because it's it's because it's um because it's anime western you know now we got like subtle like steampunky like mecha things in there the world is overrun by demons but when you fight the demons you get the the ps2 synth whistle over it with some some flamenco guitar behind it and everyone is firing their different kind of bladed buster revolvers (laughs) at it it's really awesome (laughs) they they threw a boss rush at me in like (laughs) the first like hour of the game and i was so scared but then you get all of the bosses that you beat as summons immediately Ooh. and you can use them whenever because they're, they're not attached to like magical cost or anything they just use all of the mp that you have but you can use them whenever and you just have to sleep and then they, they get recharged it's it's pretty fun and even from like um from like a from you know, like a Wyatt standpoint of someone that doesn't Aww. play JRPGs, not not like not like putting him down, just like genuinely. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I know what you're saying. I know it's you're yeah. Saying. Um, that I I was like totally completely sucked in because the game starts as you play one of the characters and then you go on a train. It's a good way for a game to start. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it, it becomes important because of how 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 the twist happens. You you buffoon. Oh. <laughs> um, oh. And you get on the you get on the train, and then you go to a car that has a piece of a piece of treasure in it. And while you're getting shown what the treasure is, three other people uh, jump onto the screen and all point guns at each other, and that's the character select screen. And it was <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, it was wow, awesome. Oh, that's so good. Oh. Fantastic. Another thing added to my ever-growing list. <laughs> I, that I, that I, reminds I, me I of like the character select screens in the Romancing Saga games. That's very fun. It's just so much personality. Yeah, I, I think that's a a good reason. PS2 JRPGs were really in in an era of their own. Oh yeah, they they're all like. They're, they're somehow different and the same at the same time. Yeah. It, it's weird. <laughs> they all have the same little weird elements to them, but also a sense of style that kind of isn't found in a lot of games today. It's Yeah, it's it's weird, just like the way that... I, I feel like AAA is kind of moving beyond, like turn-based things for rpgs hey, play like, yakuza like, like a dragon well i i, I know <laughs> but like like <laughs> final final fantasy is like something that uh that i talk about with 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 a bunch of people just like out of out of out of important podcasty settings and it's like you know it'd be cool if they had another turn-based one of those that was like a mainline one but they will probably never do it again because it's just people expect like more arpg style things and that just lends itself to an entirely different level of 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 gameplay that is just not the same as yeah as a turn-based one i will say i think uh final fantasy 7 remake has the best way to do yeah. turn-based in real time to appeal definitely. to both audiences uh but yeah i definitely get what you're saying i would like to see some more pure turn-based games as well I think Yakuza 7 is like the only one from this year that is high profile doing that. 
it's the last of a dying breed. <laughs> Unfortunately. I mean, even like new indies that came out this year, not a lot of turn-based ones that aren't like, that, that, that are done. Played a lot of demos, but not a lot that are done. And even Haven. Haven has a weird turn-based system. It is, it is weird. Because I, I think I, they said they wanted it to be very pick-up-and-play, which turn-based is usually not. So I think that's why it's the way it is, but I'm not a huge fan of the way it is, <laughs> personally. I, I played, like, an hour of it, and then at the end of that hour, I realized that, oh, this is a turn-based RPG that I had no idea was more than a, a fun little exploration game from the first, <laughs> like, 45 minutes that I had played. Oh. It's, it, it, it came as a surprise that I first thought was, like, really, like, like negative. Like, why would you not make it a little more obvious? But, like, I, I because, um, because my girlfriend and I want to play it, uh, it, I, I, have, I have a little more faith in it. I don't know how far you got with it, Ryan, but I... It, I, I got a little... I'm going to keep playing it for sure, because it's not like I think it's bad. It's just, it, it's not giving me the complexity that I tend to like in a turn-based it, system. Yeah. It's definitely simple. But then again, like I'm the kind of person that plays Monster Hunter and Warframe, and I like numbers a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it's certainly not a knock on the game. It's just I tend to prefer a little bit more crunchiness mm. to my tactics and turn-based systems uh, that Haven isn't really trying to provide. So it's not. I don't knock the game for that. It's just uh, certainly in when I play turn-based games, that's not what I play them for. It's yeah. It seems more like like where where JRPGs kind of have like the balance of gameplay and story most of the time. Like Haven seems to be like a lot more weighing into the story thing because you're like finding out what happened with the characters and stuff. Yeah, which is why I'm gonna keep playing it because I, it's not yeah. forcing me to do the combat enough that it's really a problem. The combat's not yeah. like it's it's not long too long which is often a combo and a combat issue with bad jrpgs there aren't even like uh random encounters it does yeah. the, the chrono trigger oh. thing where you can see oh. him on the screen and you have to run you have to touch them basically and then oh the that's good start. stuff oh it, it is good, i yeah. might maybe enjoy it and on honestly why if that like because i had also after a while random encounters get really annoying um, i dude I can't stand it. I really can't. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. It's really hard. Yeah, to there's a reason we don't do them anymore in pretty much any game. It's and it's yeah. just like random encounters mixed with with turn-based combat is like the biggest one of the biggest like turnoffs for me in any video game. It's it's just a horrible combination. In my the opinion. last the last thing that I will say about Wild Arms Three is that it also has a cool system for uh, random encounters is because it has them. But you have like an encounter meter gauge that, as long as it has some points left in it, you, you see like like an exclamation point come over your character's head, and that's like okay, something is trying to start a random encounter with you. And if you press, I think circle in time, if you still have points left, then you can just skip it, and it will not happen. So you can just run through big areas. As that's long as really you have cool. That gauge full, yeah. And your gauge gets refilled by doing battles or like sleeping and stuff, so it's not even hard to to build it up again. That's a neat system. I like that because that gives like a sense of danger if you're staying out yeah. for too long. Exactly. Go to sleep, fool. <laughs> it's like that classic D and D rest thing of of how how long can you continue fighting until you need to stop? 
exactly yeah that's something i definitely really like um all right anything else you got crazy or are we moving on to alex Alex's turn. I'm. I've been enjoying listening to you guys talk about the games. I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Just what games we've been, we've been playing. That what are you been playing, Alex? Oh, oh in win. the playing. Okay, I thought we were still. I thought we were doing a second round of the um the the going back to relax games. <laughs> oh, well, I mean that's oh. what I've been playing. Like I'm I'm talking about Monster Hunter because I'm playing Monster Hunter right now. It's like that's the game I've, I've moved on to after Cyberpunk. So. You've already finished. Oh my god. Uh, anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what's another one when I'm in this very transitory period other than um, other than cyberpunk and I just don't want to talk about destiny. Um, right now. <laughs> Understandable. Um, oh, this is no. a positive vibes episode, so we're not going to include that trash here. <laughs> I, I have one. Um, Alto's Odyssey. Oh, oh I've been wanting to play that. Good choice. Very, very soothing. I, I don't know what I, this game is. I regret uh calling it soothing, but that's how it feels. <laughs> it's 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 um it, it's a god, what's the best way to describe this? Uh, a 2D like downhill. It's an sweater? endless runner, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's that but it's very relaxing. It's, it's it's a lot it's a lot about like aesthetic and flow. So if you think of something like um, um, Journey, in a lot of ways, is about its like flow of game design and its like yeah. beautiful. Actually, aesthetic. speaking of Journey, it very much has that art style, but in two D. Yeah, I would like agree with that. that. Yeah, um, it's a really really cool game. Yeah, smooth music, smooth movement, and I guess quote unquote action just feels good. It's got that. It, it's really good at inducing that kind of flow state of just thinking about what you're doing. Getting locked into that mindset of I just want to be alto. It's that, a very vibe heavy game. That that one finger control too is. Yes. Yeah. For a mobile game especially, that's very important. Thank God. If you can get that one, if you can get that just single tap kind of control scheme down. Mm. So elegant. Stuff. Definitely. Yeah. It's also that's a game that's been offered a few times in the Epic free games. I think at least once. Really. Yeah, because I I own it and I know I did not buy it. So, <laughs> see, I wouldn't want to play it on like PC though. I feel like it's it's a perfect fit for mobile. Because if I'm at, yeah. sitting at my PC, I want to play something more substantial. Yeah, that's true. But 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 an Alto game because there's been several. An Alto game is just perfect for like oh I'm gonna wait for the shuttle or something like that. It's very it's a it's a calming time waster, which can be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it, I think. Calming time waster. But is it wasting time if you're having fun with it? No, no, it's not. That's that's what this episode's about. I understand the point of calling something a time waster, but I've never liked that term because it's like, if you're having fun doing whatever it is that you're doing, then like... I mean, video games are time wasters. Like, (laughs) if we're using that term, that's literally anything you do. Yeah, but that's kind of what I'm saying, though, is that it's like if you're if you're finding no, I'm agreeing with you. you. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm I'm making the same argument. Sure, sure, yeah. It's just like very. It's anything you do recreationally is technically a time waster. It's you're just sitting there wasting time, but you know you're not going to be working thirty hours a day, hopefully. So no, but video games. No, with video games, you're really you're really wasting your time. 
okay. Rot in your brain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's a... This is what we're doing for a living. Oh, boy. That's a whole other can of worms. (laughs) What have I gotten myself into? But yeah, I, th- I think we've we've got some some good games on the list. So we've talked a lot about what we're playing recently, which means what have you been what have you been missing? What's a game that you you want to play that you haven't played yet, mm. for whatever that reason? We haven't played yet, or that we haven't played in a while. That's like either. So it's something that you you okay. like to play that Bug you haven't played in a long time. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, that would be great. I mean, for me, it's The Witcher <laughs> Three. Like Cyberpunk has made me want to go back and do a, a Witcher Three full run because I never finished the DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I even started the DLC because I kind of I I finished the game way after the DLC came out and then just never got around to doing the DLC. So same. I really I I I want to go back oh, and do excuse it. Excuse me. I think I started one of them and I just never finished it. I want to go back and finish. Especially because I've heard that they're really good. Oh, <laughs> so. what I played was please, please finish Blood and Wine. What I what I played was magnificent. Excellent. What's the other one? There's there's blood and wine and there's Hearts of Stone um, and then Blood Hearts and of wine. Stone. Blood there's a and section wine. there's a section where you go to a I'm not gonna spoil much, there's a section where you go to like a garden party. Oh yeah. Hearts of Stone. And I was just oh. I was laughing the entire time. Not in a no, not in like laughing at it. I was laughing with it because it's this very humorous, like and very lengthy section of the game. Like it takes a good, you know, twenty minutes if you want to go and do all the interactable I, stuff I in that say, area it's so good i am i have never gotten the hang of gwent i love it as a concept but i've never gotten it either i have had to save scum my way so long to try to uh get that one mini game in the garden party yeah i don't i don't understand it <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I i do not um... they, they sell physical gwent cards and like Dude, i, I kind of want them. like 200 plus dollars <laughs> They're just super expensive. Like, if they weren't that expensive, I would totally want them. Oh, absolutely. Can you imagine how popular that would be if it was less expensive? I have a feeling it's like they wanted to produce them as a collector's item. Mm-hmm. I don't think the game went was really initially ever designed to be a real game. It kind of strikes me as a thing yeah. that, like, just kind of became popular in a way that they never really expected. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see if they do anything more with Gwent in the future, aside from just the the weird Gwent game. I guess oh, yeah, they, they did yeah, they make Thronebreaker. The Witcher, just Gwent. They made Thronebreaker as well, which is the Witcher, but only Gwent. <laughs> with a full story. Oh, yeah, yeah, they have um, the Witcher, but only Gwent, and they have the Witcher, but only Gwent with a story. <laughs> and to be fair, Thronebreaker is actually really good. I've played a, a decent portion of it, although Gwent in it works a little bit differently and is a little more complex to like warrant a full game. Um, but yeah, Thronebreaker is actually really good. It is always dirt cheap. It's a great like Switch game if you want a good weird RPG for your Switch. I might be looking into that then. Yeah. Uh, so who who else has got something that they they've been meaning to play for a while, just haven't yet? Playing a. Oh. Uh, well, Sorry, in, if we're, if we're still talking about games that we that we miss, which is something that we want. Um, Playing Cyberpunk again makes me think, man, I just want another classic Bioware RPG to like sink my teeth into, you know, that kind of structure of like you have a hub where you can go talk to people and do upgrades and stuff. And then you go out on like missions in kind of linear levels, right? That kind of like 
RPG structure is something that I really, really miss. Like, like you know, Mass Effect. And I just, I want more of that in my life. <laughs> yeah, there's really nothing filling that hole. And like Cyberpunk is close because it's really very much about like going on missions with these different characters and learning more about them, which is what I really loved about Mass Effect and, and Dragon Age. But it's just not, it's not the same, you know? Especially when you have something like Mass Effect that's an ongoing series and you have that like, like by the time you get to the third game, you're just completely like, it's like watching a Marvel movie marathon and then you get to an oh, Avengers yeah. movie. You're just Ooh. completely amped up. You, there's all these characters that are coming back and it's just, it's, it's really exciting. And you I know what? I gotta, I gotta recommend Yakuza again when you're saying that because yep. that's like the only series that has managed to do that aside from like Mass Effect recently. Of it being lengthy enough to really nail those character interactions. Yeah, I just I missed that because it it was funny, right? Because like I got into Mass Effect kind of over the summer, so I'm very new to the to the series. But um, but I did play all of them, and uh, there's just that that feeling like I don't know how to describe it other than it's like it's like when I watched Infinity War opening night, you know. Uh, playing through Mass Effect 3 because it's just yeah. so it gets so hype sometimes <laughs> you know and I just miss that that feeling of like oh this is like the third part in a in a long going series with all these characters that I know the culmination I will say yeah, you may exactly. want to try out a Final Fantasy game at some point <laughs> are there returning characters in Final Fantasy games? I mean well Final Fantasy games are generally long enough to get that on their own mm, yeah. yeah like if you go play Final Fantasy 12 that game is is the length of like three other games. And I have yeah. played Final Fantasy before. I played 15 and I regretted it. That well, count. so did everyone else who played 15. So, <laughs> and that one also removed everything that people liked about the narrative structure of other Final Fantasies. Oh, um, why would they do that? Well, because they wanted to try something new. Like I don't knock them for trying something new, but it didn't work. That. It did not work, and I, I'm glad oh, yeah. that seven seven remake has shown they are stepping away from that. In fact, I'd say 7 Remake is probably the closest you're going to get to that sense of like an ongoing series that's going to be building to that kind of moment. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, um, if it, not, I'm not spoiling the end of uh, 7 Remake, but um, oh, that, that's, that's begging for a part 2. Oh, it's coming. Really like, it, it's, it's coming. We're definitely getting a part 2 and probably a part 3 and maybe a part 4. Yeah, would be my bet. Saying maybe a part 4. And then a collector's um, edition. Because yeah, the the weird thing is Sakurai directly said he Sakurai in that presentation directly spoiled a lot of the ending of Final Fantasy VII. Well, I'm glad I didn't um, watch this when he showed Sephiroth. <laughs> but he also said at the same time that like this is not how the remake is gonna play out. So I think he had some insider info. <laughs> oh yeah, he did. And just like leaked a little bit. I will say as much as I like you know goof on turn-based whatever and it's not really turn-based but i i've been uh passively interested in seven remake from the well seven remakes an action uh, game it's like no i know not turn-based it's at just all. it's just it's just like i it, it's this combination of, of like i don't know how much if i can play an entire anime game just because it's really not my like I think you will be surprised by Seven Remake. The most anime thing about you, Seven you Remake is this. I yeah, my, I get my, you. Because I played the demo and I was like, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it these opening minutes or however long that was a chance. Like I want to, because I, I am interested in that combat system because it's very. It seems very interesting. 
And I was just like, yeah, it's just got a lot of those like little things. If I'm watching an anime that just bug me and like things that are, that aren't horrible in isolation, but things that kind of stack on top of each other and kind of snowball for me, you know, your tolerance for JRPG tropes is low. (laughs) It is. And I apologize for that. And I totally understand and accept that that's my fault and not so much, you know, well, it's like different people enjoy different balls. things in games. Like for me, a lot of aesthetics don't really make a difference in games. Whereas I can play something with an art style I hate, unless it's it like unless it's super egregious. It does for me if it takes me out of the story or the emotion that's going on in a scene at all. And I feel like that's how it is with a lot of like JRPG slash anime types of things that you see, where it's just like it's distracting for me in like the the drama of a scene. I don't know. But again, my tolerance is very, 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 very to like, you know, the Earth's core low. So That's deep, man. You should oh. play Chrono Trigger. I don't know a thing right. about Chrono Trigger. But Did anyone anyway. hear that? That sounded like a ghost. I, like, oh, yeah, that, that was totally. Whispers in the wind. The hey, ghost don't of... say that about yourself, Brett. <laughs> oh. Don't call yourself that. The ghost of JRPG's oh. past is come to. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm I'm the uh, I'm the uh, uh, what I was about to say Scrooge McDuck. That's not his actual name. Scrooge <laughs> McDuck. <laughs> I'm thinking of the Disney version. Ebenezer oh Scrooge. Thank you. I'm the Ebenezer Ebenezer Scrooge. You can't even this. say it. No, I like I like the Dude, Scrooge I'm McDuck so, more. Why? Uh, I am the Scrooge McDuck you... in this scenario. What's up? Question: Why are you the Patrick Stewart uh, Ebenezer or the Jim Carrey Ebenezer? Oh, Jim Carrey, it's not even a question. Not oh my, even that question. protruding chin, my god. Yeah, I was going to say, Wyatt, I have no doubt about that. You are the, uh, totally am. 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like before that, Alex had, had something he was primed and ready for. Games that we have yet to play, it is staring at me. Um, right next to Cyberpunk on my hassock, right next to the PlayStation. God of War 4! Oh, <laughs> yeah. I oh. gotta break the plastic on it. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. Yeah, that's a, an amazing game. To me, that's like, if, you, if you're a PlayStation owner, it's a must-play. Like, it's just one of those games you have to pick up and, and play. You you're just missing out if you don't. Like, yeah. You are, you, you are insulting yourself and 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 just doing yourself a disservice by not playing it. I, Stop. I, I know I do this. this. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it it is a great game. God of War is something I've, I've been meaning to go back and replay at some point. Hopefully, whenever I manage to obtain replayable? a PS Five. It's uh yeah, it is because um there's some kind of light um. Sort of like there, there's some diversity in like builds and stuff like that because you can there's different armor and different gear you can take that will that can change your Wait. play style. I'm also the kind of person that's played Dark Souls like eight times, so I haven't been able to finish the first one once, <laughs> or at least Dark Souls three. I've played like eight times with different builds, so I have I am if I like a game and it's got a good combat system, I'll go back just to enjoy the combat system. And God of War certainly has that. Like it's got a really really punchy. Ooh. Uh, impactful system that I think a lot of games try to replicate but really can't. It, it hits like a truck. And man, like, that it, Leviathan it's got some axe. Impact. Ooh. 
It's it's probably one of the most satisfying melee weapons I've used personally. I'm saying a lot because like God of War weapon. also used to have the Blades of Chaos and like yeah, that's a big bar to pass, but they yeah. did it. Like Leviathan Axe is a is a worthy successor. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I think that game definitely nailed what it was doing. So. And you it had a really great to yourself to play creative it. director at the helm, too. I do think Cody Barlog is probably one of like the most talented people working in the industry, personally. Just based off of any everything that I've seen behind the scenes and, and what he was very... I mean, he was heavily involved in everything. All right, Wyatt, I gotta, I gotta correct you for one final time. Oh. Because you consistently say Cody Balrog. I know. It, it's it's Corey, <laughs> Corey Barlog. I know. I never knew he was in the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> he, oh, yeah, he was. Uh... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I <laughs> the second half of that, I really just didn't see coming. So, <laughs> all right. There's a lot that just happened there, and I'm not entirely sure. I'm, I'm all caught up on what just happened. But yeah, Corey Balrog, really, really good director of games. <laughs> Also, back to the the weird Dark Souls thing for a second. I learned a fact about Monster Hunter very recently that the director of Bloodborne also worked on on the feline like Palico companion cat thing part of Monster Hunter. What? Oh, <laughs> we're like, okay. You can't get more different than those two. I things. know. Okay, you you said feline, and you had me scared about the cats movement for a second. <laughs> no, he They're did like the, like the uh, little thing. They're incredible. He did like the the palico farm bit of one of the games, and like designed. He did. Uh, no, 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 not him. It's it's like the oh. one of the directors of Bloodborne who who did some important stuff. I gotta find his actual yeah. name, but it, it's not Miyazaki. It's it's Miyazaki was like the creative director, but it's some, one of the people that worked on the combat, I believe, um, who was very high up there. But <laughs> it was this weird situation of I learned that recently. I was like, what? Because <laughs> he worked on like the, the most child, the like childish, amusing part of the game too, not like the combat or anything on the the part of the game that is very kid friendly. That's hilarious. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I I just think that's a fun little fact. Like, yeah. What is life without surprises? Who's got something else? We, we still got uh, uh, like ten minutes left, so we got, we can talk about like one more set of games. I want to play Elden Ring, even though I don't know what it is yet. Hey, hey, positive vibes. It's, nope, nope. Elden Ring isn't Wait. happening. George R. R. Martin just <laughs> evacuated the studio with all the topless elf drawings. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the that was the con. That was the long con. <laughs> he wrote a whole game and just to just to jump off at the end. Uh, but my, my... Uh, I appreciate the dedication <laughs> to the bit. My uh... <laughs> a real master of the craft. <laughs> my actual want is, and I, I, I said it before. I, I alluded to it with my, with my, my great sense of storytelling and world building. Uh, I just want, I want to finish Chrono Trigger because I was like three fourths of the way through, like right after. Ryan, have have you played it? Uh, of what? Which game? Chrono Trigger. Um, I've played the first half of it. Okay. But I played the mobile port, and my patience for mobile portness ran out yeah. about then. And <laughs> oh, I was like, I need I to play this in like an emulator port. version. The, the Steam is like the mobile port, but it well, it the mobile port works perfectly for, for mobile. But like, I really hate playing games on my phone. Like, I despise it 
with an intense passion. It's a game meant to be played with a controller, too. Yeah, there's no tactileness to it. And it's also like, I almost always have the option of either pulling out my Switch or sitting down in front of a TV and playing something there, which is much more enjoyable. Um, You should should emulate it. But I basically, I got... Someone listening to this will have played Chrono Trigger before, and I, I... have gotten to the part right after the thing happens and I'd want to see what happens next, but I can't because I can't play the game because it keeps crashing. And I'm sad. That's Sounds uh, like another rough, an, another game that we've been playing recently. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I will say I did get the cold war. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, I did get the chance to play something a little bit weird, and by a little bit weird, I mean a little bit bad, recently called Marvel's Avengers, oh. where I, I found a physical copy for $15 with shipping included, and I was like, oh. I, at that point, it's, yeah, just I have to try it. So I got to say, the campaign is actually good. I'm enjoying the campaign a lot. For the the, the issue I have... I don't like Kamala as a character as much as people have liked her before. She's a little too Marvel nerdy for me because she's, she's like a fan insert. And, and the you fact that they first, someone like someone legitimately wrote out that Tony Stark's internet password was "I am Iron Man" and that made me upset. No, I don't blame you. That sounds stupid. that that made me very upset. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> So that's that's the big negative in the story so far. But they did a lot of tuning oh, between the beta, like because Wyatt and I played the beta, and we had overwhelmingly negative experiences. I I still remember the headaches. I get a headache just thinking about my time with that. Oh, yeah, it was wait, what awful. What was going on with headaches? It was just like um, so low frame rate that you couldn't. Oh, well, well that's here's bad. and the other thing too. We were playing on PS4, or at least I was, and. There was low frame rate. There was just visual effects going everywhere. Uh, there was so much motion blur that it made me sick to my stomach. Like legitimately, I had to stop playing because it was just too much motion blur and I couldn't tell what was going on. It was bad. It was really bad. That's an oopsie. It's a big oopsie. A little, a little bit of an oopsie. A little bit of a uh-oh. Yeah, that's... <laughs> but... The rest of the game is actually pretty good now. Like, the characters have good movesets, and Hulk, they tuned him back in the campaign to where he feels good. Thank like, God. he's ragdolling people again, and I'm like... Yes! Thank you. Yeah. It's it's what I wanted. It's the only thing that Hulk should ever do. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the game isn't as bad as it was in the beta, for sure. I still would certainly not recommend it anywhere near full price. Um... But yeah, I, I did figure out what it is that the uh, the Monster Hunter staff... It's not just that it was the staff. It was actually uh, developed by From Software. They developed Monster Hunter Diary Poka Poka Iro Village. Which is a Monster Hunter spinoff game for the PlayStation Portable and Nintendo 3DS that is entirely about just having a village of felines, of, of your little palicos. That is hilarious. That's wonderful. So not only was it just one staff member, it was from software developed to this game. That is amazing. <laughs> in the Monster Hunter series. I I love the, from software made some weird games, all right? They 
Oh yeah, before oh. Dark Souls or Demon Souls happened, they made some weird. They made Metal Wolf Chaos. Something? Like, <laughs> you want to know something they made? They made. Oh, what the heck was that Connect game called? Where you were in like this mech, uh, but you controlled all of the Connect, and it was just probably an Armored Core game spinoff. Is it what was, I would bet. Something like that, but it was a game where you're in this like giant four-legged like mech tank thing, and you controlled the entire thing via the connect which means it was oh. completely unplayable um, oh i looked it up they have a connect version of steel battalion yeah oh my one. god here's what <laughs> the thing is looking into that game it's actually super interesting and i feel like if it if it had actually if the connect controls had actually worked it would have been really really cool because they have this whole thing where you have your you work with a squad in order to keep your tank running, and what can happen during missions is that your squad can can be attacked by like outside forces or or parts of your uh, uh, tank start blowing up, and they can die in battle, and then they're replaced by like randomly generated squad mates. So you get different oh, people with different personalities. Permadeath. Do you do it's, you know do you know the normal version of that game, Wyatt? No, it's there, ridiculous. There is, a, there is a normal version of that game that the controller for it is a it's over desk. 40 buttons is yeah. yes it is i have, a I have heard about this that is no. the yeah. way it is steel battalion played. is insane look up that controller if you have the time because it, it's crazy but that's no, it's actually it super connect but it is super interesting um use your body well because what people yeah. often don't know is that FromSoft like got a lot of their their name making mech games yeah, they did. Really? Yeah, wow. they made all of Armored Core, which is uh, they made Metal Wolf Chaos, which is incredible. The greatest game of all time. Um, Chrome Hounds. They did a Gundam you game. Sound metal. They God, did Steel Battalion. Just, like whoever whoever titles their video games needs a raise. These are some of the best video. Also, games I want to point out yeah. we were talking about the Monster heard. Hunter game, the the cute Monster Hunter game. I want to point out this game was came out after Demon Souls. Like it's not like they were working on this way before. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, they were. <laughs> this game came out in 2010, and then they they remastered it for 3DS in 2015. So this is recent. That's beautiful. Time for an upgrade, boys. <laughs> yeah, I just want to point that out because that is it's so fun to me that people FromSoft makes this like super dark medieval fantasy series, and then also just makes this cute little Monster Hunter game about cats. Why not? It just you doesn't click in my your mind. Portfolio. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine some of the 3D modelers' portfolios. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It must be a mess. <laughs> I feel like Brett would probably agree with me, but uh, one of the games top of my list for games I want to play that doesn't exist yet is uh, Armored Horror, the next one. Please, and God. There have been can some be pretty... That too? Can that be the official name? Armored Core, the, the next one. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, after Metal Wolf Chaos XD, I don't know what else. <laughs> where else we could go. Uh, but yeah, there are heavy rumors right now that FromSoft, and I, I, there might be a confirmation somewhere that they are working on an Armored Core sequel. Um, Armored Core 6, I think it would be. Yeah, but unless they do a spinoff again. I believe they have confirmed that they are working on an Armored Core game, but whether or not that's going to come out isn't like a real... We don't know yet, but... Uh, I have to finish Elden Ring first. Well, yeah, the reality is they probably have multiple dev teams at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if FromSoft has, like, two Brett, do you are you teams. excited about Elden Ring? I didn't know this about you. No. <laughs> it's pained, Brett's, no. No, no, Brett's like, not anymore. Because <laughs> I, I think... Uh, not after the, the accident. 
the the thing you're referencing, uh, Ryan, is that like I think at, at some point Miyazaki said they had like three games in development, like after Sekiro came out. Yeah, they confirmed that they had multiple games in development, and that one of them is a mech game. Yeah. Um, but they haven't confirmed if that's Armored Core, and they have not confirmed if that game's gonna come out. Because like, as as people see all the time, games get canceled, they get mm-hmm. changed. Uh, if they're not making a good armored core, we're not going to get an armored core. Like I'm sure FromSoft has a quality standard that they're going to keep up to. See, uh, real quick, Alex, not even development hell, just development. Just yeah. sometimes <laughs> they they are synonyms <laughs> at this point. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, I think we we've covered most of this of, of our like wish lists of games yeah. and games we like. So, any closing Please, thoughts Santa. on these from anyone else? What what do people want from Santa this year? What what game what what pipe dream game do you want from Santa? Can oh, I go okay, completely out there? I was gonna say there. pay my mortgage. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna go completely out there. I I want a uh, a different differently cut version of uh, Last of Us Part Two. It's not that out there. What color dragon do you want? That's that's that's, that's what I want. I want a uh, <laughs> Wyatt. You know what I want? What? I want Sakurai. To take a nap, and I think that is more unrealistic than what you just said. <laughs> oh boy, that's my Santa wish list. Just let Sakura rest, please. Let Santa, Santa comes into his like chimney. He just hands him a pillow and a blanket, <laughs> <laughs> and some like and some like Nyquil. <laughs> rest, my child. You heard it. Uh, all right. Brett, the Nyquil has no effect. You get you got a, a Santa wishlist game. You you got me wanting a, a, a new mech game. There there just aren't there aren't enough of them that aren't like quite frankly. Also, while we're talking about mech games, I got a shout out a game called Phantom Brigade. Just came out on the Epic Store in early access. It's made by Crypt of the Necromancer, Necromancer's devs. It is a tactic strategy mech game about time manipulation. Really oh. fun. Um, wow. Oh, that's right. that's so tropey, and I love it. I will, I will get good at tactics games to play it. <laughs> well, it's also not a normal tactics game. This game is weird, but it's really cool. Um, all right, is Alex. It ISO? It, it's not ISO. It's uh, you play it on a timeline. So instead of turns, your actions are on a timeline. That's pretty cool. And you can see uh, what the enemies are gonna do. Ooh. So you get to like, you'll have your shield up for two seconds, but you got to place where those two seconds are in the timeline. Of like an eight second window to see, to to make oh sure you're blocking God. when the enemy is shooting at you. That's Brett, insane. It's, it's really Brett, cool. It's, it's future sight mech super hot. Oh yeah the, uh, the 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 concept <laughs> yeah, of it is that, that your that my brain just goes oh yeah the concept <laughs> of your of the game is that your mech squad has a stolen piece of technology that Whoa. briefly tells the future. Of course. So you you see the next like eight yeah, seconds course. in in time. That you can plan your timeline on. It's really, really cool. Um, it's an early access right now, but it's shaping up to be really good. And it's a Necronancer devs. So yeah, that is I 100% absolutely metal. Yeah. Uh, Alex, you got a, a Santa wishlist game? Oh. Ooh. Mm. Um, yeah, a new Professor Layton. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm falling back on that. I mean, they... They have... So... We... The, the series has switched over to, to Layton's daughter at this point. And 
We have no idea where the professor is. He's missing. Um, so you got a cliffhanger ending. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, oh, much more of a cliffhanger ending than you think. Um, there's, yeah, I thought I was reading some things about the the game, trying not to spoil the ending for myself. Um, but wow, yeah, they they were talking about how, oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're we're scaling it back. There's not gonna be as much world-ending terror as there was in like the the third and the sixth uh, games before. We're scaling it back. You're just gonna be dealing with small town problems. Um. And it's not world-ending terror, Twist, but my god, I need a new one. Stop <laughs> porting it to the Switch. I need a new Professor Layton game. <laughs> I need to know. Level 5, why would you do this? Yeah, that's rough. At least for, for my, my wishlist game would have been The World Ends With You sequel, which we're getting. So, I'm pretty happy right now, but bastard <laughs> pipe dreams can come true all right <laughs> must have used a birthday wish on it <laughs> <laughs> we so, have christmas miracle hit that point of the show where we do shout outs which means we're gonna do shout outs and then we're gonna end the show like the show normally does so wyatt what's your shout out uh kind of mentioned it briefly but uh no man's guys soundtrack uh i've been listening it to to it a lot um both while i'm studying because i think it's really great study music and also just casually as well i think it's this really interesting kind of blend of like kind of glitchy techno sound effects and and like guitar and it's just uh it sounds so interesting and and unique and i love it so much all right uh for me, I just got to shout out all the, the devs working during quarantine right now, because especially during like the, the holiday period, because I feel like a lot of work from home stuff is going to mean people aren't taking as many breaks uh, just for the sake of like they don't have a, someone actually oversighting that they don't. That's a um, problem. <laughs> because something a lot of people don't know about crunch is sometimes it's not the executives doing it. It's devs just wanting to work more in the game and no one tells them no. So they do it. Because we like it. And then Sakurai, are you listening? When you, you need people to tell you no, or else your stuff's going to be not as good. So just hope, hoping that people are, are taking care of themselves during this. Um, all right. Brett, what you got? Um, I don't think I mentioned this last time, but my shout-out is to the tradition that is called 25 Days of Last Christmas, in which... No one does this except for me and a few other people, by the way. Um, so d d December 1st, you listen to Last Christmas once. December 25th, oh, you listen no. to Last Christmas 25 times. Oh, <laughs> no. So I, oh, I made the mistake of missing a day about halfway through the month at this point, and I had to oh, listen no. to it like 30 <laughs> times in one day. <laughs> oh, no. That's oh, incredible. That's torture. That's not a challenge. <laughs> it's like waterboarding. All right. It's a challenge I of know. your sanity. All right, Alex, please get us away from Brett's hellscape. From whatever that was. <laughs> All right. Uh, shout out to the 15 pounds that I'm trying to avoid gaining. Over, <laughs> you know, ba uh, making so many holiday-related meals from all the nice. books that I've accumulated. Good man. Yeah, that's a, a good plan. All right. Well... We hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. As always, Tuesday mornings, 
Find us on any podcast platform of your choice or YouTube. You can talk during the outro. Happy holidays. (laughs) 